Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we will study God's Word. Hey, we're in the kickoff here, really the second week of our series, I Am. And our hope is this, that as we look at this concept of I Am, meaning God who is the source of life, and we see the ways in which God, through Jesus, brought his source of life to us so we could tap into that source. This is what I hope for. I hope you see Jesus in a whole new way and what he has for you and who he is. And then I hope you step into faith more and more so that as we head towards this road of Easter, that you can come and celebrate because as we look at these statements and unwrap it and unpeel it like an onion, you come to terms with, oh, he is the great I am. So whether you're with us in-house today or online, I'm just glad you're here to really fathom what it means to live with the I am. And we kick off with our first metaphor today, that Jesus is the bread of life. And it's really a story today of two breads. And I want you to ponder this. We have two breads up here, and I want you by the end to come to terms with which bread Am I nourishing myself on more? Which is it? And then why would God want me to nourish myself on him who he says is the bread of life? Here's our big idea, and I hope you can hold on to it today and walk with it as you go. I am the bread of life, the one who satisfies your every need. This is what Jesus is wanting us to know today. This is what Jesus is wanting us to understand and receive today. This is the nourishment that Jesus is wanting us to live from. Will you repeat that line with me? I am the bread of life, the one who can satisfy your every need. Do you believe it? It's hard to. As human beings, we're not very good at this. We get forgetful, and we go to other things to satisfy our different needs, don't we? We so do. Here's a question for you. When it comes to bread and life and hunger, when was the last time you were hangry? All right, this morning. All right, maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was on Wednesday because you skipped lunch, and by the time you got home, you were super hangry. And if you think about the word hangry, it's been around for a long time, but it just got actually into the dictionary uh, a few years ago. And what is hangry really about? Hangry is about being irritable because what? We're hungry. Yeah, hangry is about being irritable because we're hungry, but it has a deeper meaning. There's something about not being satisfied. There's something about needing something. There's something about wanting more, right? Just wanting more when you're hangry. There's something about actually there's an anxiousness within us. Jesus dealt with some hangry people. And if you open up in your Bible, go to John 6, verse 25. And in the Pew Bible, easy way to get there, it's um, page 1069. So here's the context of Jesus and the hangry people. It is just after the feeding of the 5,000. So you would think they would no longer be what? Hangry. But remember about what hangry means, not satisfied, needing more, wanting, wanting. And here's what happens. He feeds the 5,000, And then he and his disciples head across the lake. They go in a boat. He does it in his miraculous way. And at one point they realize the boat had left. Jesus is not here. 
Did he go for a long walk? How did he pull that off? And so they get in their boats, and they're going after Jesus. Probably not all 5,000 that he'd fed, but a, big, a bunch of them. And so now they're on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and they find Jesus, and they ask him three questions. And we're going to look at really the third question today. Look what it says in verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him. First, they asked him, Rabbi, how'd you get here? All right. And then they asked him the second question. You don't see it on the screen. What must we do to do the work God requires? But then they asked him this. They asked him, this is in verse 30. What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? They're almost treating him like a magician. You came up with bread earlier. What's next? Show us your signs. We need to know if you are really the Messiah. And here's what is interesting. They make a statement and refer back to the Old Testament because a lot of them are probably Jews that are following Jesus. And they say this in verse 31. Our ancestors ate the man in the wilderness, as it's written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And it's off that line that Jesus jumps in to try to describe who he is and what he can really do for them. The first thing he does in verse 32, he corrects them. He wants them to make sure they understand the source of life. What does he say? Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses... It is not Moses who has given you this bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true, true bread from heaven. Do you see that? For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives what? Life to the world. And now he's gone deeper. He's gone much deeper. He's not just clarified to them that, hey, let's get this right. It wasn't Moses. Because don't we like to take people and put them on high and make them like the source of our life? And you trust in them versus the source? So he's wanting to say, don't forget, it wasn't Moses. It was God who was the source. And then, do you really understand this bread? For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Now, they don't get it. And so now look at verse 34. What do they say? Sir, that bread sounds good. Always give us this bread. So they don't even really get what's going on. He's trying to describe something much bigger. And this harkens back to the conversation with the woman at the well. At the woman at the well, what substance is he using there? Water. Here he's using bread. Woman at the well, she, he, if you go back to chapter 4, he says something like this. Everyone who drinks this water... Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never be thirsty. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And what does she say? Sir, give me this water, because then I'll what? Never be thirsty again. And this is exactly what those who are following Jesus at this time or consider following Jesus say, Sir, always give me this bread. And this is when Jesus drops the I am statement. And let's parse this in verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never what? Be thirsty. Look at some key words in this passage. 
First, he is the bread, but then he says this, whoever what? Comes. There has to be this willingness to go to the Father to fully receive the bread. It's there, but you've got to what? We say this in communion often, come to the table. We do this also with communion where we say it takes belief in order to come and have the full experience. So they have come to him, but the question is, do they actually believe? If you look at this statement again, let me read it again. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go what? Hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is hearkening back to when Jesus actually spoke at the Sermon on the Mount. In the book of Matthew, it's recorded. And he says this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness. They will be filled. So we have multiple layers of things that are going on here. He is talking about physically satisfying people. I believe he is talking about emotionally satisfying people. But what he's wanting them to understand too, you can't be right before God without me. And unless you come to me and really believe in me, you will not have the righteousness to stand before God. And that is the beauty of what it means to take in the bread of life. Because if you believe and come to Jesus and continue to fill yourself with that, you'll be right before God and you'll be satisfied in all new ways. Hence, our main statement for today, I am the bread of life, the one who what? Satisfies your every need. Will you repeat that with me? I am the bread of life, the one who can satisfy your every need. Let's say it again. I am the bread of life, the one who can satisfy your every need. Oh, that's hard to believe, isn't it? It's easy to come to that, but it's hard to believe that this is enough. Do you agree with me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's our humanity. And look what happened in verse 36. It's where they were. But as I told you, you've seen me, still you don't believe. So then he jumps on. Let's skip down to verse 47 and see what he says. In verse 47, he says this, Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has what? Eternal life. I am the bread of life. And then he goes back to the ancestors. The ancestors ate the man in the wilderness, yet they died. But there is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. Will you circle in your Bible Remember this forever. Do what you need to do at home. But remember this word, anyone, which anyone, at any state, at any time in life, all race, all gender, male, female, young kid, aging, almost deceased adult, anyone may eat and not die. This is not an exclusive thing. This is everybody come and you can experience all of your needs being met through me. Even when it doesn't work out for you on the surface, there can be a deeper satisfaction, a deeper contentment, a richness in your life. He goes on to say in 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will what? Live forever. He's been pushing this agenda. It's, there's an eternalness to this. It's just not earthly, but it is eternal. There are earthly benefits, but it's also eternal. 
This bread is my flesh, which I will what? Give to the world. So now he's paralleling what? His future death and his resurrection. Jump to 52 now. This is where the Jews are like, I don't understand this, all right? They're starting to argue. It says, then the Jews began to argue sharply amongst themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, all right? So it's turning into cannibalism. Like, isn't it interesting? Like, I want to give you something, and he's saying you've got to get serious about and nourish yourself on me, and now it's turning into confusion. And isn't that how that often gets with us, with following Christ? Where, well, this just doesn't make sense. And so, Jesus, you must be wrong, and it's too much of a mystery. And that's our humanity also. But then Jesus takes it up a notch, and he's really pushing here the remaining principle. In John 15, he says, if you remain in me, I remain in you. So in essence, what he's about to say is, just nourish yourself on me. And what he's really saying is, nourish yourself on what you've seen me do, and nourish yourself on the word of God, because that's what I'm leaving you. But it's early, and the Jews are still misunderstanding this, and it starts to seem like this is getting odd, but he's really just taking it deeper and richer and wanting people to remain in him. Look what he says in 53. Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life. Isn't it interesting how he left his communion to do that? He's left his communion. Some, some traditions actually would say when you're taking communion, you're eating the flesh of blood in Christ, of Christ. It somehow turns into that. As covenanters, we're kind of moderates on everything, all right? And in the end, we say, oh, no, this is a sacred moment, but eh, it doesn't turn into the blood and body of Christ. But Jesus is with us, and this is sacred, and there's a mystery that we don't understand here. And so this passage right here is really a, a push to endlessly, at any meal, actually, to drink and eat and remind yourself who is what? The I am. Who is the source of life. Isn't it interesting that he, it's, it's got as basic as bread and water to endlessly remind us of the I am. Your next meal, it could be a Chick-fil-A. It could be like a slushy, all right? It could be an Oreo, bread, liquid, reminder, bread of life. That's not sacrilegious. That's actually great integration of faith in that way. Sure, there are more more traditional symbolic times, unleavened bread, real wine, some of you wish, okay? (laughs) But the reality is, at any moment, you can be reminded of the source because he's the one who actually provides bread and water. He's the source of that, and then he's the source of so much more. Is that not true? So true. But he goes on, and he pushes it even further, 56 Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. There's the remaining principle. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because the Father, so the one who feeds on me regularly will live because of me. This is feeding on what I have done for you, feeding on the word that I've given you. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He reminds them of that three times here. This is different. It's a new game. I am the bread. I am the life. Look what happens in 60. We drop down to 60. On hearing this, many of his disciples said, ooh, this is hard teaching. He's saying he's the one we should nourish ourselves on. And what happens there? Jesus says, does this offend you? 
and then drop down to 66. He says, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and what? No longer followed. It's challenging to follow, isn't it? Our flesh wants to be satisfied in so many ways. And God is declaring here, I am the I am. Will you let me, me, God, be the source of all of your physical, emotional, relational, and spiritual needs? That's the challenge. Here's the question for you. Why do you think we turn back from Jesus the sweet bread, all right, who tells us he'll satisfy our physical, emotional needs. Why do you think we turn away from that? Let's talk about that. What makes us turn away just like those other followers? What is it you think? Call out a few things. What makes us turn away when he promises something that will so fully satisfy Lack of understanding. Yeah, like, well, how does that work? How will he, like, hey, I've got to eat, you know. Is he talking I should just starve and focus on Jesus? No, you know. Yeah, it can just get confusing. How will God provide for my emotional needs? I can't even touch him. Yeah. Somebody else. Some feel they're unworthy. Yeah, I, I can't get in this game. It's talking about letting God satisfy me. I'm filthy. That's what the cross is for. Somebody said, doubt over here. Why else? Lack of trust. Yeah, lack of trust. I heard fear. Why else? Yeah, there's just sin. Like, there's buildup. There's plaque. The pipeline. The, the, if it's just water, the water can't get through. There's too many other things you're choosing that are, just take you away, away, away from God. But isn't it amazing? In a moment's notice, you can turn towards him, be received, and begin to experience it. Somebody else? Pride. Pride. Yeah, obvious one. Pride. Yeah, yeah. Weariness. Yeah, like life is just too hard. The pain is too much. The distance in relationships is overwhelming. Yeah. But if you get into the Psalms, that's where you cry out and you let him fill that need. Un. Yeah, this is a crazy concept, Brian. What are you talking about? There's such an unknown factor here. And there's idols. And you go back to, for the unknown, there's this gap between the known and unknown, and we call that faith. Yeah. I hope one of those stuck to you. And wherever you are in that, grace to you. We're all in process of continuing trying to follow and let him be the better and best and most connected source, as opposed to being attached to other sources. So let's talk about that. What are the other breads that you like that seemingly satisfy more and more? And I would call those for today, for better of a lack of analogy, the sourdoughs. <laughs> we have the sweet breads of Jesus, the sweet bread of Jesus. He's saying, I want to throw one of these right now for some reason. Just be fun. <laughs> At least you can have one. And uh, the sweet rose. And so... Oh, yeah. We'll get distracted off the point. It's like a Warriors game. You think there's T-shirts or something. And then there's sourdoughs. And I want to describe these sourdoughs. Will you take a picture of this screen? Because here's the deal. When I leave you in two weeks and I come back and I talk to you maybe in five or I see you around and I ask you how it's going, 
If you're wrestling with your walk of God at that point, and we're always wrestling at some point, it's probably because you're overly attached to one of these sourdoughs. All right? So let's talk about what these are. These sourdoughs, these are the other breads that we choose to choose to satisfy us instead of God. It's our sensuality. We get caught up. We make, we make our sensuality. We make our sexuality this main thing, and this becomes this thing we live our lives around. We even put our identity in that, and that becomes the most important thing to us. Does that make sense? All right? And this can take all forms from general lust to just this need for it, and it just gets out of control to our identity. It just goes to these extremes. How about substances? Where we just go to substance over and over again to be the thing that helps us to cope the most. It could be food, it could be a gummies, it can be whatever it is. It could be hard drugs, whatever it is. It could be, you know, uh, it could be painkillers. What are the substances that you're going to more that in the end we know are the sourdoughs that don't work out when there is this sweet bread that he wants you to come back to? How about this one? Security. Security and status are my top two breads that I go to. If my bank account's full and everything looks good for the future, oh, that feels good. But what's interesting, when you had a year like this where the market went way down and dipped, this gets frail. This gets stale. This doesn't get stable. It doesn't taste the same. But it's interesting, when I sit with Jesus about my security in the end, a lot of money, little money, Brian, I have you. Will you trust me? There's something about the quietness of that, that it's sweet and it calms my uneasy soul. How about status? Need to be liked, need to be known, need to be perfect in front of people. That becomes this death bread. Because in the end, like money, you can never get enough of it. And you're a moment away from someone not accepting you or the money running out. Those are bad doughs. Those are bad doughs to put our hope in. Or how about the last one? Just selfish desires. I want it my way. God, I want my life to go this way. Why is it gone this way? And now I'm disappointed. I want nothing to do with you. And I'll just wallow in my life that I don't like and not go to you and ask for you to bring the sweetener to see it in a fresh, different way. What is it for you of those top five? I've been talking about those top five with men for like the last 20 years. But it's all for all of us in humanity. Which of those gets you? For me, it's security and it's status. And I endlessly have to come back to the Father and say, Lord, help me walk this through. Pick your top two right now. You don't have to say them out loud, but just get them. Take a picture of that so that you can wrestle with that because as humans, we'll become overly attached. We'll come back to those doughs. This is like me going back to the fridge. It's me going back to the cookie dough in the fridge. You know, I'm always lured back, and then I got to walk back away and spend some time away from it. And remember this definition. When God says he's the I am, he's reminding him, us of this, that he is Yahweh. This is a term that the Hebrews wouldn't even say it was so, so sacred. He exists from himself, which is in, so hard to comprehend. There's no other source. So in essence, if he is the source and he came from no other source, then all of what we have can come from him. 
every need. Go back to our big idea. I am the bread of life, the one who can satisfy your every need. It's interesting. Jesus said this in other places, and I love this quote. Maybe you want to take a picture of this quote. We must eat of the bread of life to sustain, nourish, and satisfy the deepest longings in our soul. Would you agree? We must eat of the bread of life to sustain, nourish, and satisfy the deepest longings of our soul. So here's my question prior to going to communion. How is God inviting you to eat of this bread to satisfy your needs? And what if you don't? Is this sitting in his word more? Is this being around others that can help you realize he's the best nourisher out there? What is it that you need? What is he inviting you? How is he inviting you? Is it worshiping him more? I believe if we worship him more, that, that will push out these other breads that we go after. Look what he said in Matthew. I love how he says this. It is written, man should not live on bread alone, but what? On every word that comes from the mouth of God. So there's something about being in his word that nourishes us and sustains us. And then maybe this is your prayer today. Look at Matthew 6, 11. I changed it to personalize it for each of us. What if this was just your prayer? It's not going well at work. God, give me right now today my daily bread. It's not going well in a relationship. God, right now, give me the daily bread I need. It's not going well in just how you feel about your own security and status. God, you're the great I am. Give me and understand it. Give me the daily bread to understand that. This is what God has for you today. As we come to communion now, will you spend some time acknowledging God's love, reestablishing your belief, and then committing? I want to give you some time. Uh, if you need communion elements, raise your hand, and our folks will come forward. When you come to communion, it's important that we examine. In Paul's words, he said, come and examine yourself as you come to the table. And I think it's important to examine ourselves around these breads. I think the simple confession today is to confess what other breads are you going to instead of the great I am. There's a slide I want you to see on the screen They'll walk you through the process of prepping for communion. It starts with, it's as simple as ABC. And whether this is the first time you seriously want to make a commitment to walk with God the rest of your life, or you're doing, taking communion, um, you know, this is your hundredth plus time. It's as basic as acknowledging that God loves you and acknowledging your sin before God. So acknowledging what bread. And then reestablishing, saying, Jesus, I believe you take away my sins, I'm forgiven. And then committing to follow. Follow the Spirit, be in his word. Commit to follow to nourish yourself more on him. So I want to give you a moment right now um, before the Lord just to take time to confess 
Then in a moment, we'll open up the elements and take them together. On the night he was with his disciples, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. You don't have to do it now, but when you're ready, maybe it's during this next song, you can take and eat when ready. And then he said, drink, for this is the new covenant, the blood of my covenant that washes away all of your sin." So we go into this last song. Maybe you need more time to examine, but take and eat of the bread of life and then drink of the living, living water, the blood that washes away your sin. And then sing like you've never sang before out of gratitude for what he's done for you. Lord, lead us now as we sing. And we thank you, Father, that you are our Lord. You are the bread of life. And all God's people said, Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.